And that's the sad thing. I was in my 30s. I didn't smoke. I had no alcohol drug problems. Yep. And I wasn't overweight. So I don't know why I had the stroke. It was just a bad day. Hello and a warm welcome to you. This is the Young Stroke Survivors Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stops, and I wear the proud badge of a young stroke survivor. Today on the show, I speak with Emma, a mother in her mid-30s who shares her challenging journey of recovery after a severe stroke that left her unable to speak or move. We have an emotional discussion about her struggles with fatigue, sensory overload, sleep issues, and the toll toll of the ordeal. Despite everything, Emma remains resilient and optimistic because of the support she received from her family, especially her husband. We also talk about her experience of long-distance traveling, post-stroke, and the support she has received from ACC, a story of resilience and the power of a supportive network. So grab a cuppa, get comfortable, and sit back and listen to Emma's inspiring story. My name is Em, and I had a bilateral artery dissection with a basilar occlusion. Oh my goodness, what a mouthful. I know. So, um, so what does that mean? For people like me, you have no idea what that means. Well, it was just a really bad stroke in the, and it was like in the brainstem. Right. And I was in the hospital for about five months. Wow. I know. It wasn't really a good ride. Wow. Well, thankfully, yeah. you're out. Um, yeah, I am now. And you're speaking to us here, so that's good. Yeah, so, so I had the stroke and they thought I had Logden syndrome, which is basically, I don't know where you're fully alert, but you can't communicate. Right. Because I lost all ability to walk and things. So right. I couldn't walk or talk, but I could use my eyes and my feet to sort of, I know, point to things. And I use blinking to sort of communicate yes and no. So I just have to have people asking questions and I'd say yes or no, using my eyes wow. or pointing to a Pointing to a sheet that says yes or no. Wow. I can't imagine what that must have been like for you. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a ride, but, you know, it was just my story. Yeah, I'm just, I'm speechless hearing that. So what came back first? What kind of deficits do you have after the stroke? I had the stroke. So I had a slight headache, I think, on the Sunday. So this was in September 2020. No, 2009. So it's been four years. I don't know. When you had your stroke, did you have the normal symptoms, like the normal stroke things that we're told to look out for? No, nothing. I, I was in my the mid-30s yep. and I had two kids and I just, you know, whether I had them or not, I wouldn't know. I remember my husband was at work and I called him and I said, I think you're going to have to come home. I just can't quite deal with kids because they were one in four. Oh, wow. So, you know, I was like, you have to come home. And so I came home and that's all I remember, really. Wow. Wow. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. That's okay. So let's let's talk about your recovery. We're still going. Yes. We always have the reminder of our stroke. Yeah. So I still do physio. Well, I meet with the physio about once a month because I live in the Waikato, so Cambridge, I go to the velodrome and I can do triking there because I've got no balance, so I can't do biking on two wheels. So I do the trikes, embarrassingly enough. Right. And I then I do 
I do that once a week. And then I do SLT once a week, speech and language therapy. So that's still still ongoing four years later. Your speech is so, is really good. Oh, thank you. You've done so much hard work on that because I can't even tell. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That's so good. Yeah, it's great. Because when I started talking, I thought I sounded normal. But then people have since told me that I didn't sound normal at all. Like there are only a few people that could understand me. Interesting. Did did it affect your ability to read as well? Well, because my stroke affected my eyesight. So I paralyzed one eye. Um, so I wear an eye patch on that. I've got I've got good vision out of it, but I just can't move it. Right. Oh God. So it's just you know pointing out to the hard right, I guess. So I tell my kids I can always see behind me now. <laughs> I know my eight year old's like, oh, so I wish I had just struck I'm like, no, no, you don't. The deficits that you have now, the one. Yeah. So I've got one eye, really. I'm going through the process now, four years later, of trying to get my license back. So can you use both arms and both hands? Yeah, so I've got left-sided weakness. And so my left side, I sort of know when I'm really losing it because it starts sort of dragging and drooping and stuff. Yes. And was that your dominant side before the stroke? No. Oh, lucky you. (laughs) I was lucky. I mean, I had a stroke, but I was lucky. Go figure. Because um, it but, affected my dominant side. So, you know, I've oh, to, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Learning everything with my left hand and then, and now just learning to write again with my right hand is, yeah, it's, it's hard work. But you're, you're lucky in that respect. Yeah. I mean, I, I know my writing's really messy, but uh, maybe it always was. And I'm only realizing an hour. Mine was. Mine was atrocious. So it just, my handwriting doesn't look like it's improved at all. Do you suffer from the the old post-stroke fatigue? Oh, oh yeah, really badly, actually. Got to say, I mean, I've been lucky, really, in the scheme of things, because I had the stroke. I didn't wake up with any amazing abilities talk another language or sing or anything like that so I was hoping for that but it, no that didn't happen <laughs> but there's a massive bus wasn't there yes um I didn't really have anything else other than fatigue but I didn't really notice it in the hospital because I think because you're always lying down or you, that's you right and, 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 yeah you can just you rest when you want to. rehab and then you go and lie down afterwards you don't have to keep on going like you do at home so yeah I struggle with it now because having two young kids, they just have so much energy. Yes, I was going to ask about that. How have you managed with the kids? Um, I mean, I was really lucky because I've got two girls and I'm the oldest one. So she was four when it happened. She was just about to turn five. My second born is a bit of a go-get. And so she talks about, oh, well, well mummy, before you had your stroke, I'm like, you don't even remember it. She goes, no, but if I did. You would have like just been normal. They are very good, really. Uh, uh, have you found that you're learning sort of skills again alongside the kids while they're learning those same uh, skills? 
I remember in hospital when I was starting to walk and stuff, I was like, no wonder babies get so tired. And I came home afterwards, yes. I said to my husband, and I said, let's have another baby. I'll be such a good mom. I'd be so compassionate to so the understanding of it, learning to talk and learning to walk and all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, I, I found the same, especially with the sensory overload. Oh. When, when you're out anywhere and, and my senses become overloaded and I want to cry or I get irritable and I'm yeah. so understanding now and compassionate with parents of little kids I know. screaming. I know exactly how the kid feels. I know. I'd be such a different mum. I would be telling them to get on with it or suck it up. There's just sometimes that you just can't. Yeah, they, you just can't. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I can remember in the first few months of the stroke, having a, a, a full-on meltdown, screaming, foot-stamping tantrum over of, of nothing. I was just tired. But, yeah, well, I would take my father for good. I, I couldn't believe that I did it. <laughs> I, just, I, I was like, what am I doing? Oh, my God. I know. I've, we've all been there. In fact, I think I had one this morning with my husband. With sensory overload, has it gotten better for you with time? Um, I don't know if it's got better with time or just because I've got used to it. Mm. I remember I went to the Billy Joel concert and I was just sitting there. I was like, the strobe mm. lighting and just the noise and everything. I was like, no, I can't. Do it. No, that, I was yeah. having a little sort of panic attack. Yep. Yep. Because there's so much going on in the concert yeah. with the sound, people, the lights. Just so much sensory overload. Yes. And so I went to I went to WOW this year and I was like, oh, how am I going to cope with this? And I got some special earplugs to help with the noise sort of thing. Are, are they those ring flame. ones? I don't know. They're, no, they're called flame something. Right. So apparently they're quite good because I'm interested of, I don't know, if someone's talking to, directly to you, it's fine. Yeah. You can hear them, but uh, you kind of hear, I think, surround sounds. Yep, yeah, it takes the volume down. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I have the same ones and for the same thing, just so it, it lowers the volume so I can go noisy places. Yeah. But yeah. I, I find, like, if I go to a noisy cafe and stuff, I just get really tired now. Just obviously trying to concentrate on my companion on their conversation or trying to keep the conversation going. And with my fatigue, I get really sort of emotional as well. Yes, fatigue does that. Because um, it's not like being tired. It's it's a different kind of fatigue. And, and yeah, I know. You, you get really emotional, either, either teary or, or irritable. Yeah, I said to my husband, I'm tired of being tired. Um, he is like, what are you talking about? You're tired of what? You're tired. I know you're tired. No, and I was like, no, I'm tired of being tired because that's what it's like. Yeah. It's just, no. And because I had problems sleeping, so I had to take sleeping pills and melatonin and all sorts of jazz. And I set off my phone for the blue light in the evenings. Stroke does change your sleeping pattern. Yeah, it definitely does. And um, so, you know, I've got fatigue, but I've also got, so it's like getting sleep. So I'll lie there and I'll be so tired. Like my body is so tired. Everything is so tired. I'm like, I just can't sleep. I can't move, but I can't sleep either. I think someone said to me when I was in re like recovering that it's important to 
treat the stroke affected side and the stroke effects with with compassion and yeah. and with patience like you would a small child because your body and your brain are like relearning all these I things know, again. But, but there's there's a hard part is you yeah sort of sit there and you go you're relearning but then it's like why are you relearning it's so unfair sorry that's okay that's is totally fine i totally understand where you're coming from and i know that People that are listening to this are feeling the same as well, knowing exactly what you're going through. You're, you're really not alone. And that's the sad thing. I was in my 30s. I didn't smoke. I had no alcohol drug problems. Yeah. And I wasn't overweight. So I don't know why I had the stroke. It was just a bad day, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, there's no family sort of history of it or anything. So there's no, and I had no clotting issues before or a high blood pressure. So it was sort of, so symptoms, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was like me as well. Just just came out of the blue. Yeah. But you're doing. And I think I think that's the hardest so thing. To, well, thank you. But I think that's the hardest thing to deal with. Like, because I was in I was in hospital, and like I was just surrounded by seventeen, eighteen year olds, and I'm not judging them at all. But like, even nurses didn't really know how to deal with me because I was like in my thirties. Yes. Yes, I was in a ward with three other women, all in their eighties, who'd, who'd had one, and yeah, I felt the same as you. But luckily, thankfully, there is a community of of young survivors, and we can lean on each other. Yeah, um, because only we know what it's like. Yeah, and this, I mean, I used to say to people, I said, but it's good, isn't it? Way. Because as one of my friends said, she's a physio, she said, at least you've already hit rock bottom, you can only climb up, you know. And I, ne- I never thought of it like that. And she said, you know, like with sort of any disease, you sort of get progressively worse, whereas we're always on the climb, I guess. Yes. So it's just how, it's how you think about it. It is. I, I think of my stroke as being like an injury rather than as yeah. a disease. And an injury heals. And in even though it's going to be slow, like it'll, the the progress will keep as long as I work at it, I'm going to keep get seeing progress. And so I look at it like that. Yeah, when I had my stroke, I sort of I know retracted my left arm, so it was sort of across my body, bent at my elbow, and across my body. Yeah, like I was pledging the allegiance, but opposite side. Yes. And so I had to have it. To, Cast and sort of gradually straightened out over months. I've had to work at the mobility of it since then. And yeah, I mean, it's hard, but it is what it is. Yeah. And we can either just sit back and let it be and do nothing, or we can keep working and, and seeing progress. When I got out of hospital, I didn't talk to anyone because I was like, I don't want to dwell on that. I just want to move on and forget about it, really. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't really. And up until I spoke to you, I always thought I had a speech sort of impediment. No, no. <laughs> like, oh. I'm, I'm like, you're saying this to me and I'm going, I didn't hear that. You sound like just totally normal. That's so reassuring. <laughs> Whatever you're doing is really working. Well, I'll think my SLT teacher. Yes. I guess, I mean, I know for myself, it's it's hard to see your own 
progress because you're sort of stuck in it and you're yeah. seeing all the little increments. Whereas yes. either someone new or someone who hasn't seen you for a while suddenly yes. sees like how much progress you've made. And so what I'm hearing is just talking to someone with normal speech. You've done incredibly well. Oh, thank you. I remember in hospital, I was having a really bad moment. And the nurse just said to me, she goes, it's shit. I admit it. And she said, but you just have to remember, it's not, it could be worse. And so I just, I just think about that when I'm sort of having my low moments, it could have been so much worse. And and reflect on, look how far you've come. Yeah. Like and you're really I mean, doing it. the hardest thing. And you're a mother. I can't imagine having to, being a parent and having to deal with the recovery from stroke. Really give yourself props for that. Is be, be proud of yourself because it's incredible. Oh, thank you. I'm so lucky with my husband and my family and my kids, really. Yeah. I mean, without them all, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am now. How has it been with your husband and your, well, he was your primary caregiver, right? I assume. Yeah. So, how, so how's he adjusted? Well, I mean, there's been a bit of a change for him because he's a pilot. So before I had the stroke, he was away and he'd come home to cook meals, cooked and washing done and everything done. Whereas now he's having to do everything. So it's sort of, it's been a bit of a shock to him, I think. But no, he's just taken that on the chin, really. He's had to. Well, it sounds like your home situation is, is really supportive. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky, really. So your husband being a pilot, have you had a chance to travel since you've had a stroke? And, and uh, Yeah, so my brother lives in America. Oh. So I went over there in September or something. Okay, I'm really interested because I'm going to America in at the end of January, and so I'm really oh, yeah. interested in what your experience was of long-haul flying. Uh, it was tiring, but it just was what it was. I mean, I just accepted the fact that I was going to be stuck on a tube for a long, long time. Yeah. And was, it, was, was there anything, like, specific you had to do beforehand? So I probably made sure I had sleeping tablets with me, yeah. but that was it, really. And were you in economy or premium or business? I was in premium economy. And did I you think. find that was was really comfortable and, and, and okay? No, it wasn't comfortable. It would have been so much better if I was in business class. How were the airports for you? So I had wheelchair assistant on. It was amazing because there will always, always be someone there and they push you and everything. They really do everything good. for you and they get your bags and everything. Oh, wow. So it sounds like your your travel experience was, was actually quite positive. Well, as much as can be for that sort of amount of travel. Yeah. I went to my brother and he's up in North Hampshire, so I flew I flew to LA and then I had to catch a, a domestic flight across to Boston and then drive from Boston to up to New Hampshire. Oh, wow. So it was like 24. 28 hours or something all up oh, of travel. No. So I just knew I was going to be tired and eat my I I was lucky I booked a room in between my flights in LA, between my LA flight to Boston. So I had like nine hour a nine hour gap. So I just got one of those hotel rooms for an, and you pay by the hour. I call on the Affairs Hotel. 
Did you go by yourself? No, I went with my parents, actually. It was just, it was, it was really nice, actually. And we just got a hotel room for a few hours. And yep. we were just able to lie, stretch out and lie down and stuff and have a shower and sort of just, you know, replenish. Yes, yes. And then my flight across America, we caught the, I think it's called the red eye. And so I just slept. And I found that flight was easier than the one coming back because of the time. Yeah. Because when it was like at, at night time, I was able just to sort of kill up and go to sleep. Whereas coming back from Boston to San Francisco, we traveled through the day. So I was sort of awake for the seven-hour flight, and that was hard. I was a bit fidgety. Being a female, or shorter. Right. I was able to sit in those seats easier. Enough. Ah, yes. True. Yes, the height, your height does make a difference in those seats. Yeah, and I, I'm quite short, so, you know, right. it helps, I think. I wouldn't be where I am without my support. Yes, so that's, that's I, so important. You know, I've been quite, I've been very fortunate in a way that, you know, there were people that I just didn't have a lot to do with prior to my stroke that I do now. But um, then there's also been the people that, I don't know, sort of reached out during the stroke, but I've heard nothing from them since. Yeah, uh, same. I, I found the same. I, I don't know why that is I, and whether whether they're scared or... Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. It, it's disappointing, but, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Just suck hey, it up. Were you able to get any support from the government, like from working income or anything like that? Yeah, so they've deemed my stroke as an accident. So at the time I had a cough, yeah. So I fell off the bed when I was coughing, and they've deemed that as the accident that caused the stroke. But oh. because of that, I get ACC, which is very fortunate. You are very and lucky. <laughs> honestly, I think I think my husband and I would have broken by now. It's not the injury for the poor, that's for sure. That yes, definitely, definitely. Because I thought about going back to work and stuff. And I mean, there's no way I could go back to court for it, which I was doing before. But I thought about it. And I mean, I don't know really what interests me now, but there's no way I physically could handle the fatigue side of things. Yeah. And, but and then, I mean, monetary wise, you kind of need to go back to work. I know. Yeah. It's hard for stroke survivors, especially young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been so lovely talking to you. Yes. Thank you. And and hearing your story and and you've done so incredibly well. Like, oh, thank you. You should be proud because I, I think you've done amazing. Well, like you said, it's just what it is. Well, thank you, Emma. Thank you so much for I sharing think- your story. No, thank you. No problem. Okay, thank you. All right, bye bye. Bye.